no matter what you do, you will never make 100% of the people happy. There's always going to be someone who's going to disagree with every decision you make. So then it's about understanding what really matters to you and then making that decision and being comfortable with it. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you overcome the challenges of making a major career change. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you figure out the steps you can take to move on in your career and make your professional ambitions a reality. In each episode, we'll be speaking with people who have an inspiring career story to share, learning from the brave leaps they took to pursue something new, and helping you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to make your own brave decisions that improve your career and life. You can subscribe to this podcast by going to careerrelaunch.net, where you can listen to all the latest episodes and get more useful resources to help you navigate your own career journey. Today, my guest is going to talk about relaunching his career from being a consumer goods marketer to launching a music streaming app. We'll talk about the importance of conviction and being authentic to who you are. Afterwards, in today's Mental Fuel segment, I'll share a few of my own personal thoughts on how you can define what matters to you. On today's show, I'm speaking with Anefri Essien. Anefri has more than a decade of marketing experience across a wide range of industries, including food and wine, home cleaning, and social media. After spending years honing the craft of marketing at major corporations, Anefri decided to leave the security of the corporate world to launch his own startup. He's now the founder and CEO of Vetus Media, a media streaming platform that enables convenient discovery of premium independent music. Anefri spoke with me from Jacksonville, Florida. Anefri, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for making the time to speak with me today because I know you've been a busy guy lately. And I know you've just moved from Los Angeles to Jacksonville, Florida. You've just given a talk at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business where we both did our MBAs on managing risk in your career, which I definitely want to come back to. But first, could you start by briefly telling us a little bit about Vetus, the independent music streaming app company you founded and what you've been working on there lately? Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me, Joseph. It's always good to talk with you, and uh, I'm happy to share, you know, what we have going on with Vetus. Thank you. Vetus, you know, it's a it's a made up word that stands for elevate us, kind of smashed together. And the basic premise is that music makes life better. For a while, I was one of those people who subscribed to the fact that music, good music, was dead, and like if I wanted to hear good music, I had to listen to old stuff. And then I got turned on to the underground scene or the independent music scene. I found that there was really great music that's been made by amazing artists all over the country who decided that, hey, I'm going to make art based upon what I like. The idea of Vetus is, hey, there are millions of, upon millions of people across the United States and even more across the globe who love great independent music and they want this type of content that I'm calling artistically authentic. And so... I have a team of curators um, who are industry professionals. Some of them are DJs, some are artists, and they go out and they curate great music across different genres, and we pull it together into our player. And so instead of a listener having to go and search all over the internet trying to find great music, they can come to Vetus, and it's kind of like a curated watering hole right, for great music that you'd never hear in the mainstream. What are you guys working on there right now? We've just finished the first version of the app. And it's in alpha testing. Congratulations. I uh, appreciate it. And yeah, I'm kind of working around the clock right now because I'm totally obsessed with this thing. And I'm getting emails and texts at different times of the day and night 
with people who are experiencing and playing with the app and want to provide feedback. And we're trying to make sure we catch all of the last few bugs that may be there so we can release a pretty quality beta release here to the general public. Now, you've not always been in the startup world, right? (laughs) No. I got to tell people, I got an email from you recently that was two sentences. And I don't know if you remember this, but it said, I left the corporate world for good this time. (laughs) Can you just share what was going on for you in your career before you launched Vetus? There was kind of a false start, right, in this leaving of the corporate world. So I went and got my MBA. And when I graduated, I took a job, but I was primarily took a job to make a good living while Vetus incubated and was being developed and brought along. And then I left the corporate world and went to do Vetus full time. We needed to go back to step one. We needed to scrap what we had been doing and rebuild from the ground up. I needed to then go back to making a living. So I took another job going back into the corporate world. And that definitely was like eating spinach for a child. It was, I, I knew, <laughs> I knew that it was just, you know, the, the time it had come and gone. I, I went into the corporate world originally to learn some things and it has a lot of value um, working for major corporations. And I learned a lot there, but I had a pretty good sense. I was 80, 90% sure that I shouldn't be trying to build a career there. And, but there's something to the stability of direct deposited paychecks. And so I went in, I worked with integrity and I felt like I brought value, but I just really, dreaded going to work. It wasn't just Mondays. It was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It just was not really... Yeah, I went into work one day and I was like, I just can't go on any longer. So then that's when I decided to go ahead and um, put in my resignation and, and take the leap. When you say this couldn't go on any longer, what are you talking about in terms of the things that were just eating away at you? It's about the work, right? Like if there are three potential paths, we can go X, Y, and Z. But you go and you do your due diligence, you do your analysis, you run your numbers, you talk with your cross-functional teams, and you figure out, given our particular strategic goals and given our strengths and weaknesses, the category dynamics, et cetera, we probably should do X or even X or Y. But ultimately, somebody in a bigger chair had a lot of passion for doing Z, so you find a way to try and you know, deny gravity, deny that water is wet deny that fire is hot so that you can do Z. I'm not that personality type. Why did I spend a month working with my team to try and figure out what we should do to get the optimal result if at the end of the day, we're just going to do Z? And there are certain personality types who are fit for that. I'm just not one of them. When you had your original stint in the corporate world, how many years was that before you launched off into working on Betas? So all in, I've done 10 years um, in the corporate world as a marketer. So I've worked for you know beer companies. I've worked at major CPG companies. I've worked in the wine industry. You mentioned the steady paycheck earlier. What was that like, that moment when you decided to leave that behind and pursue Vetus? It's definitely difficult, right? Because you have the perpetual tension between long-term versus short-term, right? And I think most people get caught up in the short-term practical compromises that one needs to make to live in a society versus what's really going to be meaningful to their life and what type of mark they want to leave on the world. It definitely was really difficult to figure out how to make that jump and to have the conviction, especially, you know, I'm, I'm not... I don't want to turn this to a sob story, but I'm not a rich kid. And so there's not, you know, some rich uncle or a trust fund mother who's sitting behind me saying, okay, chase your dreams. I'll be able to float all your bills. Right. I'll catch you if you fall. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So taking that leap required, you know, some soul searching. And to be honest, it's really helpful to have really strong, supportive people 
in my life from my girlfriend to my family members to my close personal friends who I count as chosen family. That really was instrumental in me going ahead and deciding to take that leap, knowing that there would be people there to to help in some way if I needed it. In your talk at the University of Michigan, you talked about five principles and one of them that stood out to me was take the calculated leap. Right. How did you manage the personal risk in your own life and your own career making this leap into the unknown? You referenced the five principles, and I'll just rattle them off really quickly from the the talk that I gave. And so I think first, you need to know yourself. Second, you need to have conviction. Third, you need to be more curious than afraid. Fourth, you need to take the calculated leap. And fifth, you need to enjoy the journey. So if you go back to the first principle that I believe anyone can use to leverage to managing risk in their career is understanding who you are and what you are and what you're not. And I've always maintained that I'm somebody who is in this world, not of this world. Like I've never really bought into, I need to go get a job and a title from some Fortune 500 company and I need to be the VP of whatever to find value in my life. I'm opposite of that. I'm into authentic human connection. I tend to be the type of person who is more concerned with what's going on with the least fortunate in society as opposed to the most fortunate in society and trying to be a part of that elite crowd. And so understanding that those are things that ultimately matter to me in life, making the choice to go ahead and take that leap and to leave it behind wasn't that tough because I felt like I was sacrificing who I was and my integrity every day going in and trying to find ways to agree with something I fundamentally didn't believe in. Even had to sacrifice my personal integrity to do it. That was just that was just a price that was entirely too high. So I looked at the the mark I wanted to leave in the world and the life that I wanted to lead in general, going back to knowing myself and what really mattered to me, I knew that I, I needed to go ahead and take that leap because I wasn't going to be happy. I wasn't going to find happiness chasing the next promotion. You and I have both spent quite a bit of time in the corporate world. And if you're like me, you run across other people in the corporate world who are thinking about launching something or they're not happy with their jobs, but then they stick with it for months, years. <laughs> Having gone through this yourself, what do you think keeps people from making these sort of leaps, even if it means being able to pursue something that will be a lot more meaningful to them? I would say the concise answer to why people stay is they become beholden to the material benefits. People like to have disposable income, especially at the the levels in which you and I have worked in corporate America. It's a pretty good salary. And so the lifestyle you're able to lead from a material standpoint is a pretty comfortable lifestyle. And I think that's why people stay. And then I think the other piece is fear of the unknown. I like to invest in myself and I have a I have a large amount of confidence in myself and my abilities. And so going back to those five principles, understanding who I was, then I put conviction around it. If I say, this is who I am, I need to align my actions and behavior around it. And then I really came to understand what it took to create, grow, and sustain a company, not just to have a job function, but to holistically build a company, pull a team together, pull resources together, and then lay out a growth plan and being able to manage and lead that. And so it it became less of a black box. It became less mysterious, which then took away a lot of that fear that I think most people are tackled by. Like, I hate this, but what else will I do? People don't know what to do. It's kind of abstract. I would like to start a company or I would like to do this, but I don't know exactly how to do it. And so they end up trapped. You mentioned money. 
Has there been anything surprising to you about the experience of letting go of your cushy corporate income? This is a big blunt. I think where I'm advantaged is having grown up very low income. I would say that my floor is a lot lower than most people. And so what I can be comfortable with is a lot lower than, than most people. So wasn't necessarily surprised. I mean, it, it does, it is nice. Like I, it is nice to have that direct deposit every two weeks, but ultimately the, the guy got to a point to where the price was too high. I, I think early on in my career, early on in my career when I was within corporate America and I was learning, that compensated for, you know, what I called cubicle life. But when it got to a point to where I gotten, there was diminishing returns in terms of my learning curve. And what then remained was an increase in scope of responsibility. I was like, well, I wasn't really interested in what came with the increased scope of responsibility. And so then it was time to go. Did you run across any skeptics along the way in terms of, hey, what are you doing? Or, oh, why are you leaving this cushy job behind? Did you run into any sorts of people like that? Yeah, I did. I did. I think one of another area in which I'm really blessed, though, is the people who are closest to me have a really keen understanding of who I am and what I value. They were able to see kind of the toll it started to take on me once the learning curve started to diminish and I started to have to deal more with the politics and jockeying for increased scope of leadership. And so they were all very supportive in terms of people in my inner circle. The folks who were skeptical, a good gift of being able to, to block out people's opinions who don't really matter. How do you do that? What's your secret to doing that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I run into so many people who want to make a change, but they say, well, I don't know, like my social circle, people are saying this is crazy, or my parents, they think it's crazy for me to let go of such a great job. How do you manage that? I think that can be really difficult. And one of the things I was taught growing up is that, you know, it's this the classic, if other people are jumping off a cliff, or you're going to jump off a cliff too, like your parents used to tell you when you were a kid growing up. One of the things I internalize is as an adult, when you figure out right from wrong, you need to have the conviction to stand up for it. There's like this plethora of things from my background, from being an athlete, from also being a former martial artist, from growing up in a pretty tough community and having to navigate my childhood and adolescent years. A lot of those things reinforced courage in different ways. And ultimately, when I got to a point as a young adult and moving from my early 20s into my mid-20s, it became really clear that you're not going to make everyone happy. No matter what you do, you will never make 100% of the people happy. There's always going to be someone who's going to disagree with every decision you make. So then it's about understanding what really matters to you and then making that decision and being comfortable with it. There have been people who didn't agree with a particular approach. Like when I left out of post-MBA level job prior to business school, but I still left them with the business school. And there were some people who didn't agree with that. They're like, what are you doing? You have the job that people get after business school. You have it now. Everybody wants that, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't see my long-term vision and where I was going. And I knew it was the right thing to do to go back to school. There were certain skills that I just was not going to learn as a brand marketer. Developing an idea, building a company, and, and growing it throughout all its different phases. So I took that leap. And I think now... Now that they see the Vedas app, it's a tangible thing, it exists. They're like, oh, I get it. I get where you're going, I get what you're trying to do. And so I think ultimately it comes down to having that ability to believe in yourself when no one else does. And one of the things that you alluded to just now was conviction. And I know you mentioned it was one of the five principles you spoke about before when it comes to managing risk in your career. What do you mean by conviction and how has that served you along this journey? If you don't believe in 
what you're saying, no one else will, right? If I want to say that I really want to get in better shape, but I go buy a dozen of donuts a couple times a week and I never go to the gym, it's like, mm, that's not really conviction. And so you need to start aligning your actions to what your priorities are. And if you, so doing an, I think doing an audit of what is it that you really want in life and what really matters to you and then doing an audit of how are you spending your time? Of the things you are currently doing in your life or in your career, which one of those things are moving you towards your goals? And when you recognize that there's a gap, that there are things that you're doing will never lead to the life that you want, then it becomes incumbent upon you to alter how you're spending your time. And that, that's what I mean by conviction. I see. What's been the toughest thing about launching your own business? <laughs> I would definitely say it's the conviction piece and like keeping the faith, right? Like, because inevitably you're going to hit hurdles. And so you need to have this deep reservoir of belief in yourself and you need to understand what it's going to take to be successful, where you're at in the journey. And so when you're running into obstacles on day three out of a 30-day journey, don't get upset about getting to day 30 and seeing how far you are away. It's like you're on day three. What can you solve today to get to day four? And having this deep belief that when everyone thinks you're crazy, when everyone thinks you're foolish, when things seem bleak, break it down into bite-sized chunks and say, what is it that I can do today to get over these hurdles? And so the, the hardest part, I think, for me is, has been getting to what I call day one, which I think we're at day one now that the app is built. So taking something from this idea and getting it to where it actually exists. How do you get people to believe in something that doesn't exist? It's just an idea. And when obstacles arise and you're still in just an idea phase, you're trying to bring this thing to life, it's very easy for people to walk away. And so finding very passionate, very smart, very talented people to come along on this ride, getting key stakeholders like, you know, like I said, my girlfriend and like my brothers and different people in my family to say, we believe in you, we support you, getting early angel investors to say, hey, we're going to put a little money behind this. And so when things start to go awry, to not get flustered, to not be overly dramatic, to actually become more calm when things get chaotic. And that was really difficult because there, there were some bumps definitely you know, along the road. I think during that phase of going from idea to day one of having an actual physical product, it's difficult to persevere when obstacles arise. You mentioned enjoying the ride or coming along for this ride. What makes that so important for you? My fundamental belief in life is that relationships are what matter. Titles are ultimately not going to make you happy in life. Your paycheck ultimately is not going to make you happy in life. It's how you spend your time and who you spend it with. And so ultimately, me chasing after things that align with who I was and my convictions is where I find my reward. So as I've been navigating through, when I think of all the obstacles that the Vedas team has overcome, they're all happy memories for me. Like I've enjoyed the journey, even when things got rough and bumpy and it looked like we had no idea how we were going to get over this next hurdle. And then a month or two where there were blockages and we couldn't figure out how to get to the next phase and then we'd figure it out. And that whole journey in and of itself, I enjoy I do watch the show, uh, The Walking Dead. And it's like every time they solve a problem, there's some other catastrophe that's right around the way. And that's what starting a startup is like. 
there's always a problem you have to deal with and I enjoy it. And if I didn't, then I probably should be back in the corporate world collecting my nice safe paycheck. But I actually enjoy this process and the people that I'm working with. It's very important to work with people you respect and that respect you. It sounds like you're enjoying the ride there, Anefri. And I just wanted to thank you for sharing your journey with us because it's just really cool to hear, first of all, your experiences in the corporate world, but then also how you made that pivot into launching your own business. That's super exciting and I hope it all goes well for you. So the final principle you talked about was curiosity. Just to kind of wrap things up, if people are curious about learning about you or about Vetus, where should they go to find out more? They can go to Vetus.com, V-A-Y-T-U-S.com. They can follow us on facebook.com slash Vetus Radio. More they can follow me on Twitter, which is at Anefri. And my first name is spelled A-N-I-E-F-R-E. There's going to be a lot of content being pushed out over the next few weeks and into the next few months as we launch Vetus. And you definitely will be able to download the app. Super exciting, Anefri. And I'm looking forward to checking out the app and listening to the music. And I hope it all goes well for you. I'm sure it will. I appreciate it. Cheers. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Anefri's thoughts on conviction, calculated risk-taking, and authenticity. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'll be sharing my own thoughts on defining what matters to you. This is Career Relaunch. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I share a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today, and I'll wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. So for today's Mental Fuel... I'm going to leave you with a few closing thoughts on one of the ideas Nefri touched on, defining what matters to you. And then I'll wrap up by sharing a free resource you can use to help you clarify your own values. So back in 2002, I decided to quit medical school after only two weeks at the Georgetown School of Medicine in Washington, D.C. This is a story I shared during my TEDx talk a couple of years ago. But just to give you the highlights, for most of my childhood through to pretty much my early 20s, I was really focused on becoming a doctor. It was like the only thing that mattered to me. And I did this because of a few reasons. First, I thought it could make everyone around me proud by being the first doctor in our family. I thought becoming a doctor would be an admirable profession in society. And I also thought I'd be respected by my peers. The only problem was all this stuff was external to me. Deep down, I just wasn't being true to myself and my own values. And this became really clear to me during the first days of medical school because I was absolutely miserable. Honestly, I struggled with every single moment of it. From day one, I was completely out of place. I felt out of sync with my classmates. And I generally just felt really uncomfortable with the curriculum. And I woke up kind of dreading each day. I even remember my roommates at the time telling me I looked really unhappy. So it was really only after I left medical school when I had a clean break from it and I began to uncover and decipher why I was so bothered by the experience. But initially I really struggled to figure it out. So I started to actually see a counselor who specialized in career counseling in Washington, D.C. And she helped me really clarify that three of my fundamental values we're just not being served by a career in medicine. Having time for relationships, maintaining a good work-life balance, and pursuing entrepreneurial ideas. And getting clear on that was really helpful to me because it ultimately informed my next move to pursue a career in business and marketing that ended up being really fulfilling for me for many years. Now, I'm sharing this story to illustrate the importance of being true to your values. And going back to my days marketing consumer products, 
Great brands have really strong brand values. And these can come in the form of a mission statement or belief statements or a set of guiding principles. So when you think about yourself or your personal brand, you also have certain values. You've got standards of behavior and what you judge to be important to have in your life or something that's worth pursuing in your career. So for me, I valued relationships and balance and entrepreneurship. For you, it might be freedom or control or intellectual stimulation or connection or whatever it is for you. So have you ever had one of those moments in your life when you felt like you were really at your very best or you were having some sort of a peak experience? So if that's the case, there's a good chance you were doing something that really aligned well with your values. And on the flip side, if you're doing something that's really frustrating or if you're feeling really depleted by an activity like I was when I was pursuing medicine, there's a good chance that what you're doing is in conflict with at least one of your values. So clarifying your values can be a nice way to evaluate which actions and decisions will serve you, which will in turn make you happy, which will in turn allow you to feel fulfilled in your life. So if you're in the middle of making a big career decision and let's say you're not sure what to do, think about which move is going to allow you to honor your values, to do something that's uniquely right for you. And you can only fool yourself for a while like I did. But at some point, what you really want and who you really are is eventually going to catch up with you. And if you give yourself permission to go ahead and pursue what you really want, you can be more at peace with yourself and your career path. As Jim Carrey so eloquently said during his 2014 commencement speech at the Maharishi University of Management, you can fail at something you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. So my challenge to you is to start by clarifying a few values that matter to you. And once you figure out what's important to you, you can then decide if the career choices you're making are allowing you to be the person you actually want to be. If you need a little help figuring out your values, you can download a free worksheet I created that has a few questions to help you think through this at careerrelaunch.net slash episode two. You'll also find a summary of the key ideas and links mentioned today. While you're there, you can subscribe to the show or leave me a comment or question. I'd love to hear from you. That's careerrelaunch.net slash episode two. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Career Relaunch and a special thanks again to Anefri Essien for joining us today. This episode was mixed by Raid Sandtrack. Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu and I'll see you next time. <laughs>